Section 5 of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume 7, February 1896. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Explorations by the Bureau of American Ethnology in 1895, by W.J. McGee. The most extended exploratory work of the year was that of an expedition in charge of the writer through the territory occupied by the Papago Indians in Arizona and Senora, and by the Seri Indians in western Senora and on Tiburon and Alcatraz Islands in the Gulf of California. During 1894, an expedition was carried through Papagaria into the borderland of the Seri country for the purpose of making collections among the Indians of both tribes, and the object of the expedition in 1895 was to obtain supplemental information concerning the social organizations of the Papago Indians, but especially to explore the territory of the Seri and to make studies of and collections representing the maritime habits of these Indians. The party outfitted in Tucson early in November crossed the frontier at Sasabe and spent three weeks in visiting the villages of Papagaria and in surveying extensive prehistoric works left by a people of somewhat advanced culture, probably the ancestors of the modern Papago. Mr. Willard D. Johnson, who formed one of the party, carried forward a planetable survey, which will yield the first trustworthy map of the region. Entering the Seri territory in December, the party explored the area lying west of the Bucachi River and the Delta of Senora River, making a station on the highest point about 5,000 feet in the range provisionally designated with the Seri Mountains, and afterward embarked in a small boat in the portion of the Gulf of California commonly mapped as Kino Bay, coasted to the Strait in Fernilio, and crossed over to and explored the surveyed Tiburon Island. The country of the Seri Indians was found to be clearly set apart by natural features from the body of Senora. Tiburon Island is separated by a turbulent strait from the mainland, while the mountainous mainland area contiguous to the strait is still more effectively barred from interior Senora by a broad desert zone of saline playas and sand dunes, something like the Mojave Desert of California. Indeed, some of the observations indicate that this lies below sea level, and that it was during the recent geological times cut off from the gulf by the delta of Senora River and afterward desiccated by evaporation. The territory bounded by this desert barrier is mountainous, yet exceedingly arid. It is two or three thousand square miles in area, including about five hundred square miles comprised in Tiburon Island. The territory is claimed and exclusively held by the Seri Indians, a distinct aboriginal stock who have been at war with all other peoples almost constantly from time immemorial and are now reduced to some 400 number. These Indians are of a special interest from their isolation, from a more warlike disposition and a more primitive culture than appear among other known people of North America, and from a variety of features connected with these characteristics. They are of splendid physique and a notably dark skin. They live chiefly on the flesh of turtles and other marine organisms, partly on game and wild fruits, most of their food being eaten raw. They're without agriculture and have no domestic animals save a few dogs. Their habitations are flimsy lodges of shrubbery and turtle shells. They're scantily clothed, chiefly in pelican skins. They navigate their water by means of the balsa, manufacture simple baskets, and a distinctive pottery. They make efficient use of excellent bows and arrows, yet their stone art is below the stage commonly called Paleolithic and they have a singular marriage custom tending to perpetuate their isolation. No prehistoric works, save such as they now produce, are found in their territory. 
While the Indians fled at the approach of the party, considerable collections were made in the ranch areas they had just deserted, the articles designed for barter with them being left in exchange. In addition to the ethnology researches and mapping, somewhat careful studies were made of the flora, fauna, and geologic development of the entire area traversed by the expedition. The exploration of the area country, hitherto unknown except as to the coast, was attended with some risk and hardship, due chiefly to the dearth of water, but was without casualty. In December 1894, Mr. James Mooney began a special study of the Kiowa Indians in Oklahoma. He recently returned from the field, after nearly ten months of successful work. The Kiowa Indians possess a highly interesting calendar system of strictly aboriginal character, and this system was one of the subjects of Mr. Mooney's researches. Leading personages of the tribe keep a sort of yearbook in which the principal events of the seasons are recorded in rude conventional symbols, the years being indicated by conspicuous symbols for the winter season, in consequence of which the records are sometimes denominated winter counts. Mr. Mooney was able to collect a considerable number of these calendars, which are of special interest as records of the history and migrations of the tribe during the last half-century. From the records and from accompanying verbal statements, carefully checked by comparing different accounts, it is learned that this tribe of the plains is among the widest wanderers of their race. Although their original habitat was in the middle of the plains, they are accustomed to send parties on trading and marauding expositions eastward into the Trans-Mississippi Forest, westward into and beyond the Rocky Mountains, northward to the Sacoastruan, and southward over the deserts of northern Mexico as far as Durango, and even across the Sierra Madre to the vicinity of the Pacific near Mazatlan. These records of the Kiowa calendars explain the wide distribution of primitive art products over the United States and corroborate the evidence of widely scattered obsidian, copper, seashells, etc. as the extent of Aboriginal commerce. A notable expedition of the season was that of Dr. J. Walter Fox, who explored the little-known canyons of the Magalan Escarpment in central Arizona and afterward made extensive collections of prehistoric pottery near Kiams Canyon. While on the headwaters of the Rio Verde, along the face of the Great Escarpment, he was so fortunate as to discover extensive ruins of cliff houses, some of which show no evidence of exploration, and from these considerable collections of interesting archaeological material were made. His principal results were obtained at the prehistoric Pueblo of Sitiaki, near Keams Canyon. Here, in company with Mr. F. W. Hodge, he excavated a ruin known from tradition, as well as from the collection of objects discovered, to be prehistoric. A large quantity of finely decorated pottery with associated objects were obtained. The pottery includes many examples of the finest grade of Aboriginal work in texture, finish, and decoration. The collection, which comprises nearly 700 earthenware utensils, beside numerous objects of wood, stone, bone, etc., has been brought to Washington is now in the National Museum. Competent judges are of opinion that it is the finest single collection of prehistoric pottery thus far made on the Western Hemisphere. After leaving Sitiaki, Mr. Hodge made a tour of the Pueblos of New Mexico, beginning at Zuni, then visiting Laguna and Acoma, and in turn the villages scattered along the upper Rio Grande and tributary valleys from Isleta to Taos. The primary object of this reconnaissance was the identification of the names of certain provinces, tribes, and pueblos mentioned by Spanish explorers in the 16th and 17th centuries, and the collection of data relating to the ethnology. 
and especially to the kinship systems of the Pueblos, of which comparatively little was hitherto been known. In these investigations, Mr. Hodge was very successful, for except among the Tiwa he was enabled to obtain complete records of all the clans, both existing and extinct, from all the tribes, including the Pecos, of whom there are but two survivors, much valuable data which will contribute to the identification of tribal and villages' names of Spanish record, as well as bearing on their cosmogony, migrations, etc. He also succeeded in locating on the Rio Grande the village whence the Haino people of Tusayan migrated nearly two centuries ago, and determining quite clearly that the pueblos of Cayuaca and Payuki at Tusayan were abandoned during the historic period, the inhabitants moving to Laguna and Sandia respectively, and the descent among the Tewa people, at least in the Nambe, Santa Clara, Tusuke, as Ignatic, while among all other pueblos descent is invariably in the line of the mother. These and many other problems which in the past have puzzled ethnologists not a little, Mr. Hodge has at last been able to solve. End of section 5